Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. For 22 years, Margaret Spence has led the business advisory firm C. Douglas & Associates as their CEO. The firm specializes in human resource compliance, talent development, diversity and inclusion, and risk management oversight. A transformational keynote speaker, author, business strategist, and visionary, Margaret's powerful goal is helping you see your possibility. The bold question beyond today and that Margaret asks, I'm sure all the time, what's possible for you? After more than 35 years in the insurance industry, Margaret has shifted her focus to building programs that create a glide path for diverse women to advance into executive leadership. In 2018, she launched the Employee to CEO Project, and Margaret recently began leading the tech startup, the Inclusion Learning Lab. Both organizations' mission are to create deliberately inclusive workplaces through advocacy, education, public policy, and research. We are so thrilled to have Margaret with us today. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Ed. Thank you for inviting me uh, to your podcast. Yeah. You are more than welcome, and we are thrilled that you are here. You have a fantastic background that I'm sure I did not give justice to. Could you tell us a little bit more about what you do today and how you interact in the marketplace? Sure, absolutely. So I started my career um, managing workplace injuries and watching employers um, discard people post-accident. So um, what I saw was um, a person would come into work, they would spend you know, a good portion of their life at work, they'd have an injury, they'd be out the door. So that was sort of the frame up for what led me to where I am now. Um, I started my company 22 years ago and really on a mission written down on a napkin. You know, I, I wrote a, a little note down and says, where am I going? The proverbial, and, na- the proverbial napkin. The proverbial napkin. And, uh, and off to the races I was, I didn't know where I was going. But um, we've sort of evolved the company now to really focus on how do we create inclusive workplaces? How do we allow people to show up authentically at work? Um, how do we allow them to to build out and live out their full possibilities at work? And how do we get employers and specifically managers to see potential and possibilities in the folks that work for them? And for diverse people, how do we show up fully 
um, in a space where we may not see someone that looks like us advancing. So that's really the work that I'm doing now. Well, I think this idea of creating inclusion, uh, of welcoming diversity and allowing people to be who they are. Other guests have talked about this concept of psychological safety, which is this environment you create where people can say, I disagree or I don't understand without feeling like they're going to get judged or humiliated by somebody has to do with bravery. I mean, to create inclusion, sometimes you need to say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done. I'm just wondering in the work that you have done with clients and in your research, uh, you know, have you seen examples of bravery as it pertains to inclusion, uh, creating more diversity in the workplace or allowing people to be who they are? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, uh, is in my personal journey, I'll give you my journey in a, in a, in a nutshell. Um, I had a boss that kept telling me that I wasn't good enough to lead. I wasn't good enough to be promoted. I, um, When I asked for promotion, I wasn't given the promotion, even though I was probably the most qualified person on the team. And so from that, I made the decision that that individual didn't have the power to put a cap on my career. Uh, unfortunately, that meant leaving a job I loved and in an industry that I truly loved to go out and start my own business because I didn't see a path within the corporate structure. And, and this phenomenon is not new. This is what actually occurs for a lot of African-American women. So um, my brave step was quitting a job that paid quite well to go out to start something that was nothing. <laughs> there, wasn't a, there wasn't a concept there. There was just, uh, I've got good skills. I think I can make this work into something else. So that was my bravery. Right now, Given where we've been with COVID, what I see is that women are showing up um, specifically during this, this pandemic, they're showing up even braver than I think we actually realized. You know, um, I think we're juggling so many things that we, um, employers don't necessarily know what people are going through and how much bravery it's taken to either get on the Zoom call that day or to show up in the office if that's what you're having to do. And I don't know that we are truly appreciating the level of resilience that it's taken to get to now. Well, I will tell you that COVID as a experience was completely unexpected. And so it is kind of fascinating, especially in retrospect, to look back and see how different organizations and different people interpreted it. And some people, I think, handled it beautifully well with great vision and saying, hey, I think this is going to take a while. And others just fumbled through it without even thinking about what might be happening in the next day, week or month. So uh, it was unplanned. Right. And sometimes that creates these moments of bravery where you have to do something without any prior experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, when it comes to bravery, what I am seeing right now is Last year, we had pandemic, we had racial justice. What I'm seeing now is people willing to um, be more vocal about what they need, what they want. I see organizations grappling with how do we um, coalesce around this newfound voice that our employees have, whether they're allies or they're people of color or they're minorities or they are at risk or disproportionately at risk in our, in our organization. Now that these folks have, have, have found a voice and allies have found a voice, how do we reckon with that as an organization? I think 
companies are are struggling to figure that out. Some are taking on the brave um, steps of creating inclusive work environments. They're taking on um, building out policies that will ultimately result in better participation for um, for all demographics within the workforce. While others are still figuring it out or not or pretending that it's not going on. So there's a level of, of bravery, I think, from an organizational standpoint. Um, but here's one that I think is worrying me is now that um, we've gone to the Zoom world where you're not in the office, how do you continue your career? How do you continue to show value? How do you um, show up as your full self? when what people are seeing is what's on camera, there isn't that person-to-person interaction. And how do you know that I am contributing 100% when you can't see my contributions fully? Mm. So not to put you on the spot, but as you mentioned, this topic of Zoom, which is highly prevalent at most organizations. And in fact, one of my client companies recently sent out a Zoom fatigue memo saying if you're sick of being on Zoom all the time, we now give you the authority to just, you know, put up your high school photo and not feel like you have to show yourself. But do you have like one or two tips or ideas on how people can continue to maintain and manage their career? Because I do think it takes bravery, right? I mean, even asking your boss for five minutes for some people takes bravery because they think it is an interruption to that boss's day. But, uh, you know, one or two thoughts, Margaret, on things that people can do in this Zoom virtual world in order to continue to make good progress? Yeah. So some of the work that we're doing through both the Employee to CEO Project and the Inclusion Learning Lab is we're doing some surveys right now on what does it take to have a successful career during this pandemic period. You know, we're asking the question of, if you if an organization has um, an, an existing leadership development program, or let's say a talent development pipeline, if they have that, um, how how are people um, required to access that now that they're working remotely? So some of the things that 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 we have been looking at is, um, you know, how do you create programs that continue to validate your career? How do you as a woman stay focused? And and here's some data. Organizations that create um, women's leadership development programs, for example, 80% of those programs prior to the pandemic didn't benefit Black women or um, minority women. Okay, so they didn't benefit, um, they didn't benefit Black women before. Uh, black women and Hispanic women and, you know, women of color have been hyper visible in organizations and totally invisible. So now you come to the pandemic and you come to the Zoom world. It's imperative that we understand where we are going, what the benchmarks are, how we how we're meeting the requirements now that it's on Zoom and that we don't say to ourselves, well, because I'm out of the office, I'm not going to ask for a promotion. I'm not going to ask for mentorship. I'm not going to ask for information to move my career forward. I think it's imperative right now that, that um, especially women who have traditionally not raised their hand quick enough, that we continue to ask the question, what do I need to do to keep my career moving? What is my requirement? 
what are the new benchmarks I need to meet? What is your evaluation of me now that I'm meeting these benchmarks? We have to keep asking the questions and don't think pandemic means no career. Right. That would be a significant error on anybody's part. And I'm a huge fan of curiosity. Uh, Stephen Covey wrote a book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And habit number five is seek first to understand, then be understood. And unfortunately, I think we live in a world where we first want to be understood. And then maybe if we have time, we'll try to understand each other. But uh, and the best way that you can seek first to understand is through curiosity, right? Asking questions and getting greater understanding. You wrote a great book, which I have read called Leadership Self-Transformation, 52 Career-Defining Questions Every High-Achieving Woman Must Answer. You know, I will tell you, as a man, I thought it applied to me as well, uh, at least 95% of the content. So I think it's just great. And selfishly, because we are talking about bravery in the workplace, there's a couple of chapters in the middle, one called What Does Courage Mean to You? And the second one called uh, what does being bold mean to you? And you know, I love the quote you have at the beginning of the What Does Courage Mean to You chapter. Everyone has a story. It's up to you to have the courage to write your next chapter. And that's what we talk about with bravery, that if there's something you see that needs to be said or something that needs to be done, it's not going to just fix itself, that somebody has to step up or somebody has to get comfortable uh, putting it on the table so that the organization sees it and does more with it. When you were thinking about especially the what does courage chapter mean to you, uh, Margaret, what were you thinking about? And, you know, really, how does this apply to the folks that are part of your network? Yeah. So for me, uh, um, one of the models that I try to live by is as leaders, we have to be totally comfortable making other people uncomfortable in order to move progress forward. Okay. And so when I was writing the book, the, the, the big issue for me was, how do we get women um, to move beyond the data? You know, the statistics are there. How do we get women to have the courage to raise their hand for leadership? How do we not say, well, you know, there's only 1% of women who lead Fortune 500 corporations. How do we say, okay, that's not the number we're shooting for. We're not working to change 1%. We're working to even the playing field. It needs to be 50-50. Um, we're not trying to get 5% more next year. And so a lot of that comes to courage. Courage is, for me, courage was bucking the system of what was expected. You know, even when I started my company, there was an expectation, um, you know, who is this woman going out to start her own company in the middle of, you know, just out of the blue? Um, it's no different to when we made the decision to launch Employee to CEO Project. What I saw was I was getting into boardrooms as a consultant and I was in these corporate boardrooms because I'm dealing with compliance and I would look around the room and the only woman in the room was the VP of HR. Only woman in the room was a VP of HR. And this happened over and over and over again. to the point where I kept saying, why couldn't your VP of finance be a woman? You know, and so what would happen is the, um, the organization would hire us to do compliance. Then they'd relegate us back to HR or to the finance team. So we would be dealing with the staff accountants who were all women. But the guys in the room were just the guys in the room. And I kept saying, are we okay with this? Is this the visual that we are okay with? We've got to have the courage to say, this visual is not working. This visual is not working at all. 
Well, I love that uh, example you give or that experience that you have uh, have had because I'm a 25 year HR business professional. And, uh, you know, I have always felt that in the boardroom that the only female typically there headed HR, sometimes marketing, sometimes finance, but never operations and never sales. I mean, there are out there today, of course, but I mean, there was a time where if there was a female at the board table, uh, that person probably led HR. You could actually bet that that person probably uh, ran HR and win the bet, right? So yeah. Uh, but so what? So how does it relate to being brave in the workplace? Do you think, Margaret? So is this actions or behaviors that people need to do a little bit differently in order to create a greater uh, diversity of contributors? What are some of your thoughts? Yeah. So my my big um, takeaway, I think, that I want your audience to take away from this is we cannot exist with numbers only. We have to look at placement of people and how those folks are advancing. To your point, I like to say organizations have two two, um, avenues, right? Um, The avenue is the profit center or the cost center, right? Most women are on the cost center side of the house. Most diverse people are on the cost center side of the house. The profit center where the sales and the, the, the big dollars are made often are void of women and void of diversity, right? So the, the challenge that I, um, that I put out to organizations is don't focus so much on the numbers of, you know, where we have 5% women. It's where are the women located? We have 5% diversity. Where are the diverse people located? Are they on the profit side or on, are they on the track to, um, to be empowered or, or are they on the track that is sort of a dead end cul-de-sac, right? Um, where the career is going to cap out at some point, there's, there's a terminal spot. Um, for example, I asked the question and it's nothing against HR. I work in the HR space. How many VP of HRs have become the CEO of the company? I asked that question. And, and the reality is very few, if any. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Fortune 500 um, CEOs, even the last four women that have been appointed into the CEO role in the Fortune 500, none of them have VP of HR on their role. So if you're in HR, if you're in a role, we have to say to organizations, it's not enough to increase numbers. Um the bravery is and the courage is taking your numbers a lot more granular and really asking, where are my people? How can they advance from where they are? What is their possibility? Are we hiring for position or possibility or potential? Because oftentimes organizations are hiring for the job title. They're not hiring for where can I take this person? You know, the question that I ask organizations and I ask um, people who are in management is if you saw an individual on your team who had a lot of potential, who you thought could be the CEO of the company one day, would you as the manager feel comfortable advancing that person over you into a leadership role and let them fly, let their possibilities come forward? Or would you stymie that person and push them down into that position? So the courage for leaders is seeing what's possible for everyone on your team 
That's the courageous thing, right? And the brave thing is saying this person has so much potential and willing to advance them through the system because they will become the best asset for the organization. That's the bravery and the courage. Well, it sounds as though one of your observations is really the second and third question. You know, the first question might be, how diverse are you? But if those people are not in potential growth mode roles or, uh, you know, in roles that can influence the organization, then it might not be great that they are at that percentage they're at because you're looking really for a blend of how many, but also where are they? and how can they influence the organization. So, Margaret, it has been great speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your ideas and observations. Again, your book, Leadership Self-Transformation, is available on Amazon. I read it. I love it. They're brief chapters, which is great because some of the, like me, I'm very busy, so I can't read a 50-page chapter too quickly. But brief, quick chapters, they have activities and things to think about. You ask a lot of questions. And so I think it's a great way for people to build their self-awareness on how they interact in the workplace. If people wanted to talk with you more, Margaret, about your book or the work that you're doing, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, very active all the time. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can visit my website, uh, margaretspence.com. And at margaretspence.com, there's a link, contact information there, and a link to everything that we do is on margaretspence.com. Fantastic. Well, Margaret, thanks again for spending some time with us. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, in Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. If you have something to say, yet are not saying it. If you have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.